0: Hi, I'm George Stalker, and this is in.net for the week ending July 3rd, 2021. Now, I swore up and down I would not release a show this week owing to the July 4th holiday, which is Treason Day for the Brits out there. And then Microsoft's GitHub announced and released GitHub Copilot, and my promise fell apart. Now, Copilot is a machine learning-trained code snippet generator. What is it trade on? You asked. All the public code on GitHub, GPL'd, or otherwise. Now, this has angered the internet lawyers and is generally considered to be a dick move by everyone else, except, of course, those who have read The Parable of the Scorpion and the Frog. Now, since there isn't really any magic in machine learning, this uh, copilot has led to some interesting bugs, like reproducing the inverse sine function from Quake to include the PG-13 rated comments. Or giving internet randos the API keys that SendGrid users put in their source code on accident. Or even reproducing the GPL license in its entirety in a co- source code header file. And none of this includes the mundane but possibly office space plot-inducing everyday bugs present in Copilot. Now, it's, it, it's almost trite to call these bugs. These aren't bugs. These aren't misunderstandings of product requirements or bad coding. No, these these are Ian Malcolm's. Remember when he said your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think whether or not they should. AI and machine learning have given us a new class of software defect, the Ian Malcolm. And we can thank GitHub for playing the role of movie villain here. Now, with that out of the way, here's what else happened. Last week in, .NET. in Windows 11, you can now specify which terminal you want to use and not have to have Command.exe launch all the time. I don't want to be cruel, but would anyone willingly choose Command.exe as their terminal? Uh, at me, at Gortok on Twitter, if you would, and why. ZDNet's Jason Burlow says he'll bite the bullet and buy a new PC for Windows 11. And it's important to note that more secure here means less likely to get taken down by malware. Microsoft's usual track record for security post boot up still applies. Adam store has a blog post out titled Test Your.net HTTP Client Based Strongly Typed Clients Like a Boss. And I am not clear from the title if he means the everyday exploit them or if the more sinister meaning like gaslight them into believing 60 hours a week means you're a team player. There was a LinkedIn breach announced on June 29th with the field inferred salary included in this breach. It was an API breach, and the field that was included in that API breach was inferred salary. Since no one knows what inferred means here, we'll just have to go with the face value interpretation that LinkedIn calculates what your salary should be based on your experience and roles and local market, and that is exactly why naming is so important in software. I did get a little flack last week for suggesting that Azure Static Web Apps were mundane, but being touted as the next great invention after sliced bread. And here's just another example. I get that if you work at Azure, you should be touting Azure products. But my concern here is that treating something mundane like static site hosting as revolutionary in your verbiage, is it awesome? Really? It inspires awe? Hmm? is overplaying the marketing angle without understanding that a crucial part of marketing is credibility. And it's easy to lose that if you overplay your hand. There is a new CVE out for Windows, dubbed Printer Nightmare. This is CVE 20-21, excuse me, 2021-1675, and it allows an attacker to take over your system through the Windows Print Spooler service. And this is reason number two why I had to release a newsletter this week. Holy forking short balls, Microsoft. Now, Kevin Beaumont gives us an in-depth report on Printer Nightmare, including, most importantly, how to mitigate the zero day. Also important to note is there appears to be two CVE classifications for Printer Nightmare. There's the A for mentioned, dash 1675, but there's also CVE 2021-34527. Now, 1675 covers pri- privilege escalation, and 34527 covers Remote Code Execution. Happy Monday. There's also a POC out for Printer Nightmare that was promptly deleted, but still available via caching sites if that's your thing. I'm not going to look and see whether or not my old live journal is cached somewhere. Thanks. Interested to know if you are affected and you like flowcharts? Well, at StanHacked on Twitter has you covered with a nice-looking flowchart. And are you interested in seeing if your machine is exploitable for Printer uh, Nightmare? There's also a one-line PowerShell script that can tell you. Yarp, that's yet another reverse proxy. Preview 1.0.0-preview12 has been released and we are promised that this is the last big set of API changes. I admire their optimism. The pull request for finishing out write or execute support for .net is open. And the problem with naming it W or X, either on GitHub or in my old releases or in Google or any reference to what this means, I don't know what it means. I couldn't find it because it's called W or X, and that's the uh, caret. Now, my memory seems to recall that this does mean write X or execute, which means that a piece of memory is either writable or executable, but not both. Now, I could be way off on this, and I take corrections at Gortok on Twitter and via email at georgepluslwidn at georgestocker.com. Windows 11 will leave millions of machines behind, and Microsoft is struggling to explain why, writes The Verge. I guess we're getting hammered by side-channel attacks and ransomware attacks because we have the most popular operating system of all time, and we're sitting on a long legacy of single-user disconnected operating system versus an internet-connected world. It's hard to say. There is a Fortnite Visual Studio Code theme, and I have not played first-person shooters since Battlefield 2, so I really don't know what the hype is. Fortnite looks just like Team Fortress 2 meets Starsheed Tribes without the jetpacks, he says, yelling at the kids to get off of his lawn. AT&T is moving its 5G network to Azure for operators. And now I guess the COVID vaccine will give you Azure interoperability as a side effect? There exists out there, and I've linked to this week, valid Kubernetes YAML that also happens to be at and x86-64 assembly code. And I need a shower after seeing that. You, Leslie Richardson and Cecil Phillips have a not.net video out on exception filters. And I promise if you catch system.exception and don't filter it, bad things will happen. Also, just don't filter on system.exception, just pick the exception subclass and filter on that. Your maintenance programmer and I will thank you. .NET-Wtrace command line tool has been released and it captures.NET traces. No, I don't know anything more than that and open source projects are not exactly known for their marketing. The .NET team also has a blog post out that covers the object allocation tool in Visual Studio. Think of this like uh, .memory or Ant's profiler, just built into Visual Studio. And finally, UWP projects will not have ongoing support in the new Win App SDK world, according to a U- YouTube video by the WinUI team. And the longer discussion that alerted me to this fact was found on Twitter. Now that's it for what happened last week in.NET. I'm especially interested to see if there's any legal action around Copilot, and how bad Printer Nightmare turns out to be. So if either of those get more press, you'll hear about it here. Thanks, and uh, have a great rest of the week. Now, if you or your team are looking to move to microservices, I do have a free five-day course out there. It's an email course, and you can find it at http colon move to micro